bullshit, it's all just um gay politics. America's gotten kind of whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that, cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A A A A A S. This shit is Trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. Hey everybody, welcome to Dumb Gay Politics. I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast where we talk about the week in politics like we're talking about reality TV. Merry COVID Christmas and happy <laughs> Omicron New Year, Memo. It was never more true than, than now. Never. I mean, all this time. All this time. It's been t- almost two years since the start of Corona. We did Coronavirus Live yep. all through Trump. I mean, and now it's suddenly come right into our lives. <laughs> this is our last podcast of Forever 21. When we do the next regular weed and Patreon podcast, it will already be Do You wow. 22. Wow. Wow. Well, we had a crazy stressful December with a million personal and professional snafus culminating in an end-of-year Christmas party where half the people got (laughs) actual COVID Omicron, causing us to cancel our Christmas plans. But we want to thank everyone who sent us supportive messages last week after the podcast was down for 10 days. We really appreciate it. We got so many nice messages (laughs) after, I mean, we didn't hear from anyone that it wasn't even there except for my mom, Pam coming through in the clutch. Yeah. And I was like, um... We're gonna we're gonna quit. No one cares. (laughs) Um, But the thing was, during those ten days, when it seemed like we didn't matter to anyone and the podcast Mm -hmm. didn't matter, Mm -hmm. we were picking up gifts and cards every single day (laughs) at our French mailbox proprietors until we had uh, just an unbelievable, (laughs) enormous. Unbelievable, enormous stack of boxes and envelopes in Mm -hmm. our drug den podcast studio. That is that is true. Really, the only thing that kept us going. Yeah, that was that was really. You guys keep us going. Now uh, we aren't going to be able to get through them all today, so we're going to spread them out over the next few weeks and categorize some of them as "Do You Twenty Two Gifts." That's right. And I'm going to say this first gift could definitely be classified as a "Do You Twenty Two Gift" because. It's going to set our new year off right, girl. And this bitch is always doing her. She is always doing her, okay? She does her. We got a very, very, very large gift card from the man, the myth, the legend, (laughs) Donna Williams. Donna! (laughs) Our girl Donna, meow She is a riddle Mm -hmm. wrapped in an enigma, wrapped in an Hermes throw in front of a roaring fire in a sprawling mansion on a compound in the rolling green hills of New Jersey. Mm, Okay? Yes. Maybe it's just my recent obsession with succession, Uh, but mm -hmm. I need Donna to be the Siobhan Roy of the Garden State. Her family home is littered with antiquities, and her family is so rich and rotted that Donna re-gifts insanely expensive gift cards that she gets from them to us Mm -hmm. because make no mistake donna is 
re-gifting these <laughs> gift cards. She sends us one every year, starting with the the original, which was an Amazon gift card yes. in 2019. Right. Well, or maybe, maybe, here's a possibility. Uh-huh. She's like Jerry, and she works for the rich company, but she makes so much money, she can't be bothered with redeeming a gift card. Hmm? Either way, <laughs> we love it, we love money, and we goddamn love Donna. <laughs> we don't know what she looks like. She never sends her picture. She barely writes anything in the cards. We know next to nothing about her. She's almost an anonymous Like love. a patron of the yeah, arts. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yes, like you're right. She's an actual patron of the arts. You're absolutely right. It's the shitty dark arts of dumb gay politics. <laughs> we don't know if she subscribes. We don't even know if she subscribes to the Patreon podcast. Yeah. Th- this is all our daydream fantasy about Donna. Um, but here is what she said this year inside the card. Yes. As the mystery unfolds. <laughs> or stays exactly or the st- same, Donna. Or stays the same. Here's to another year of hilarious Patreons and podcasts. Up. Uh, Up. Uh, Okay, we got a little. I piece think she of does it. the Patreon. <laughs> Thank you for all the laughs. Enclosed gift card is for you guys to spoil yourselves. Have a happy, healthy 2022. Yes, it's a regift again. Seasons, greetings, and best wishes. Blah blah blah. Love, Donna. Oh my God, Donna. Look at this thing. I'm telling you, they called from the French people. Called. They said, uh, "Hello, Brandy. <laughs> we have something priority mad for you. Can you come get it, please?" And I was like, "Huh, huh." I ripped it open. I saw that writing. I said, oh, my God, Donna. I mean, is it Donna? (laughs) And I want you to know, Donna, we are going to get podcast equipment and supplies like we always do with the gift cards. We we literally I was just looking. I'm very excited. During Julie's knee surgery, we did invest in um, a new like a remote uh, recorder. And now we're Mm going to do different mics that Julie loves. She gets her she gets her penis penising on. She did her man vibes my love, on. My right? penising on. Yeah, my man penising on vibes. What did Gerg call it? He called it a tech tech addiction. It's a gear addiction. Oh, but it's like it's but there's another. I thought he said gear addiction, though. It is a gear addiction, but it's another word for it. It's like. Oh, it well, was, I have it's it. It's like a term for people who need to I have to it. I don't gear, know how to use any of it. Useless gear that they can't use. I love use. it. I absolutely love it. And um, basically, this is going to get us to be able to get the sound. So that we're, when we're on the Vespa and we're just running around, we're going to be mic'd up. We can go hiking. We can go hiking. We can go yawning. walking when yeah. we're on cruises, when we're on trips. We can walk anywhere we're walking. We can. We can, yeah, we're we can gonna spy be on to, people, basically. We yeah. can be in elevators. Oh, my God. And then we don't, we're going to be like wearing like, you know, Bluetooth lavaliers, basically. So and it's exciting. all because of you, Donna. And, you know, we just we are it again. We said this on our Patreon podcast, but we are not. This is not a resolution. It is. It's just something we're doing. We are um, we're trimming the fat on our excess spending. Yes. We've just it's like anything else. It's just all ballooned out of control in yep. our mania, particularly in this December. We've had the fucking worst month. But so we were already just like we're getting it together. We're trimming the calories. We're yes. trimming our closets down. We're yep. reorganizing. It's we're true. getting rid of junk. We're yep. getting, trimming the fat from our lives. We're not. Yeah. We don't want this. And so we weren't. We were gonna have to put the. They call them the laves in the business. We're yeah. going to put the laves on hold. But we're not now, nope. all because of Donna. And we yep. are so grateful. Yes. Thank you so much, Donna. Now, our sweet angel, Jessica Lorenz. Can I just say I love that name? I feel like it sounds like a pop star. Every time I see her name and I see her picture with her, with her boyfriend, they're like on a dock or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm always like, that name. It just doesn't, it, does it sound like a pop star to you? Or is that just me? Yeah, Jessica, Jessica Lorenz. Lorenz. I love mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I love it. 
Um, she sent us personalized hand-painted ornaments, okay, for our Australian New Zealand holiday tree that we do every year. She painted them, hand-painted them herself. Mm. They say, one says, I don't need your notes, babe, and one says, nope. So cute. She also sent a DVD of the movie SLC Punk, which mm. I already own, uh, Jessica. Oh. But I am going to keep that here in in our collection here at Mam House, uh, house in our in our drug den. And um, I don't know. I I don't know why SLC Punk is some kind of huge influence in my life that I'm talking about it on the Patreon. But it really was for me. It, I don't think it stands the test of time. But I know that in the early aughts it was the business for me i thought it was fucking awesome i've never seen it oh great we're gonna watch it he's at one point he's running with a bunch of fucking like i think lsd it's either lsd or molly and it's in his pocket he's a drug dealer and he's running and it mm. all absorbs into his thigh and he gets completely oh fucked my up. god it's like just a bunch of like random druggy <laughs> it's a salt lake city punk and we you know it's perfect for the oh, our salt lake city mood we've okay. been in you know what i mean maybe uh, yes. maybe he knows jen shaw oh my god <laughs> Another year of dumb gay politics has come and gone. Thank goodness I had you both in the Patreon to get me through it all. Julie and Brandy are my podcast king and queen. I wish I could listen every day while working from home, although that might not be the most enjoyable thing for you both, so I take it back, sorta. Thank you for uh, your content and being a bright spot and highlight of my weeks. With love, Jessica Lorenz. So then underneath, uh, in parentheses, handmade painting by me. And then on the DVD, she wrote, heard you talking about this movie a long time ago on the Patreon and meant to send it way back when. Hopefully it will be put to use, but feel free to toss it out if desired. <laughs> mm. So Pat Kelly, who mm. has written us before, mm -hmm. but we don't have Pat's picture. And Pat, I got to tell you, we can't know you if we don't see you. <laughs> seeing you is knowing you knowing mm -hmm. you is seeing you it's how we remember mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah. otherwise it's just faceless names yep. you know we really we want your pick pat we want your fucking pick so if we can know through handwriting pat has some very clean handwriting the shit is so clear you know what it looks like to me mm. it looks like the way your handwriting would be if it were clean <laughs> it does remind me of a clean version of your writing you know what you're right if i had any kind of um if you weren't left-handed perhaps maybe if i wasn't yeah and if i just wasn't a complete mess then maybe my handwriting would be good like that well pat hmm. kelly interesting sent us sent you a starbucks gift card and sent me an ulta gift card mm -hmm. and which we can never get enough of and we de never are not appreciative of oh my god a god knows oh, i had god. to go to goddamn yeah, ulta when we were in atlanta <laughs> it never ends and we went to starbucks too of course. we're always in every city it's our goal. The of Ulta and the Starbucks in every city in America. Thank you so much, Pat. You don't need to send anything. We need your picture. That's right. J and B, I am one of the original 14 who wrote to you around the holidays last year. My dad had just died suddenly and I had worked through COVID in a nursing home. Ugh, that was me. I would love to tell you that things got better and my 2021 was an improvement. Ha. That was just so fucking not the case. My mom passed away in April and then the front of my house literally collapsed in June. No. I guess that is a thing that can just happen. This past year has been yet another shit show, but it has meant so much to me to have your guys' voice in my ears. I listened to you while I wet vacuumed gallons of water out of my basement after Hurricane Ida in September. And last winter, I listened to you while I shoveled 2.5 feet of snow after a giant blizzard. I have worn your I don't need your notes, babe, t-shirt to meetings with estate lawyers and financial advisors that has given me strength through so much terrible shit 
You guys have kept me laughing and reminded me that there is still a lot of good in life. I really can't thank you enough for that. Please accept these gift cards in the spirit of the holidays. They're not a creative gift and I wish I could do more, but I hope you can use them. I have not had a good year since Scrunchy 19, but I'm somehow optimistic for 2022. Do you, 22, Pat? I'm optimistic too. I have no idea what this coming year will bring. Maybe something good? But I do know that I'll still be listening to you guys. Thanks so much. Be well. Take care of yourselves and each other. Happy holidays, Pat Kelly. Oh, that's so sweet. Wow. That's really sweet. That is so nice. I want you to know, Pat. Now, I didn't have, we didn't have as bad a, certainly of a, of a 2020. We didn't, you know, we didn't lose anyone right. like that. Um, but um, I didn't even have a good scrunchy 19. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but we are all, it's do a, you motherfucking 22. Now, you're still going to get weather in your house, Pat. Yes. Because that's where you live. That's true. But it sounds like maybe weather gives you purpose, like Dr. Jackie would say. <laughs> pain gives you purpose. Yeah, make your pain your purpose. Yeah. Make that snow your purpose. Well, we're all going to have a better 2022. We're going to all do you 22, and it's going to be it's going to be our year. It's going to be our year. That's going to be it. And we don't need a creative gifts. No. We don't, we don't even need your Any gifts. gift. We want your picture. Yeah. We want to connect. We want to look into your eyes. We want to lose ourselves in your eyes on our bulletin board while we do drugs and go, there's Pat, man. Uh. I hope Pat's somewhere making money and shoveling snow and wet vacuuming and listening to us. I mean, that's what podcasts are for when you got to do is. the shit ass yeah. chores. Yeah. And you just imagine like, God, there's people out there like listening or you're you're whoever right now you're you're dealing with a death. You're dealing with snow. You're dealing with rain. You're dealing with your fucking house falling down. You're dealing with a sick kid or you're I don't know any of it. We're all we're just all doing something. Yeah. You know? Yep. And you're not alone, Pap. No. But you are until we get your photo. <laughs> Last but not least, our super boo, mm. super boo, mm -hmm. Liz Pills, honey. Liz Pills, bitch. She sent us the most amazing Christmas toffee. Elizabeth uh, Pills, how? you whore. Oh, my God. You basically sent us a Christmas tin filled with homemade Heath bars covered yes. in sprinkles, <laughs> which we fucking love. Does anyone not love a Heath bar? I don't know. Uh, you must not be human if you don't. It's such a treat. It's a forgotten treat. It's it's like, um, as you know, my favorite thing is salted caramel. Yes. So it's it's like hard salted caramel. With chocolate on it, which I like. With chocolate on it. I, okay. When I so opened good. the box, you were oh sitting God. next to me. I see the tin and I could smell it. And I was like this. Uh-oh. Mam Mau's going to shit <laughs> her face. I mean, and it's, uh, I mean, yes, I'm, 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 we're on a health diet journey, but... Oh my god! I don't care. Right? I don't they care. Are I'm eating it. So good. So good, Liz. They They're are so good. So delicious. They really, really are. So good. I mean, everyone should be ordered to have this recipe, like a Nazi oh, order. It's so good through Hitler. It's so fucking good at Christmas. It's like you must have this in the wrap. And oh, so good. I opened it. Mm. We were eating it, just eating it, and I see buried underneath the chocolate toffee Heath squares with sprinkles were two airplane gray goose bottles <laughs> vodka and i say that in the past tense because yes liz we immediately drank the gray goose and i do want to send a special message to my mom pam who other than lauren who sent us the brookies mm. this past year is one of the only people to mail us homemade treats ever and mom i'm gonna need you to hide tiny liquor bottles with your treats from now on <laughs> put the tiny liquor bottles i don't care what you're sending to mam out Throw in some tiny liquor bottles. Just pop right down to the liquor store. They sell them. They're little. 
Um, it was just. I wouldn't mind the biscuits that apparently Pam made recently. Oh, Julie Lang. <laughs> Attention, Julie Lang. My mom made the biscuits that you posted when we talked about whether or not Julie could freeze the pre-made <laughs> Pillsbury biscuit tin. Yeah. My mom made those biscuits and she said they were the bomb. I know I forgot. Oh my God. Julie, my mom made that shit. All right. Now it's time for Jojo and Kiki. Lock the doors, lower the blinds, fire up the smoke machine, and put on your heels. Because I know exactly what we need. Jojo and Kiki. I want to have a Kiki. Lock the doors. Hey. Jojo and Kiki. Motherfucker. I'm going to let you have it. Jojo and Kiki. I want to have a Kiki. Die, turn, work. Jojo and Kiki. We are going to serve. And work. And turn. And hunt, hunt, honey. Okay. My lips are dry. <laughs> okay, so this week, last week, it all runs together. Chris Mika came and went, much like Forever 21, overhyped and underwhelming in an Amazon box contaminated with COVID. But even if this is your favorite time of year and you're not cynical and bitter like Brandy and me, there's one constant that binds us all, no matter how we feel about the holidays. Mm. I'll give you a minute to think about what that one bind is. Okay, it's your minutes up. Here's what it is. Joe Manchin is a living, breathing piece of corrupt shit who should be thrown out of Washington and kicked out of this country. Well, he should be kicked out of the Democratic Party at the very least. Yeah, that's uh, absolutely. Uh, he's a complete fucking liar. And as Democrats, we continuously sit and pander to him and his fucking state, West Virginia, like we can't win without him and his meager 1.5 million constituents. Turns out, sweetie, we can win. We don't need to sit and pander to that fucking douchebag. You want to hold your state over our heads like you hold all the cards as a Democratic senator who doesn't vote with the Democrats? Good. You're a lying sack of shit and we don't need you. Get the fuck out of our party. <laughs> Take your simpin' bullshit and get out of our timeline. That's right. Okay? If Donald Trump taught us anything, it's that we don't need you, Joe Manchin. We should do whatever we fucking want. The Democratic Party should do whatever they want. That's what Donald Trump did. Mm -hmm. It totally works for him. We he does Donald Trump doesn't pander to anyone. No. He's like, oh, you don't like me? You're not gonna vote how I want you. Fuck you. I'm gonna call you a loser. I'm gonna fat shame you. I'm gonna fat shame your wife. I'm gonna like make slurs at you. And it's just he just does it. It's like we don't need Joe Manchin. We don't. No. Angling and planning and strategizing to hold on to a Democratic senator from West Virginia? I'm sorry. <laughs> of all states, like, I'm sorry. And I am sorry for anyone listening who lives in West Virginia. But, like, it's a waste of our goddamn time. <laughs> Even just if just we're just talking about the sheer size of it. Yeah, the number. I mean, we are talking about the numbers yeah, the here. the numbers. Yeah. And it's just, like, it's a fucking, you know, it's a red state that v votes for a Democrat. Just give them... Let him get a Republican senator then. I've honestly, I'm like, let's let's like give it to him. Who yeah. cares? We should just throw in the towel yeah. with West Virginia. We shouldn't continue to hold on to that Senate seat nope. with our fucking life's blood mm -hmm. when that fucker doesn't fucking do anything that the party needs, yep. that the country needs. Right. <sighs> honestly, like December has been such a nightmare, and 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 his bullshit has really been the cherry on top of the whole year. The cherry on top. I, I'm just, I'm I, I, to do this <laughs> podcast every week, the ins and outs and what have yous. And he's a fucking liar. Yep. I, it's right. I, 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 well, okay. <laughs> <sighs>
The entire directive of the Democratic Party is to what? Desperately hold on to West Virginia and Arizona? <laughs> Fuck them. Literally. Stop giving Kirsten Gizema money. Stop giving Joe Manchin money. Send in candidates to run against them and drop them from the party. Yeah. They're shills and traitors, period. End of story. Period. End of story. Book closed. I've Close come to it. the end of the book. I've come to the end of the book. I've read it. The story's done. I've read all seven Harry Potter books. And now I know what the end is. And the end is Joe Manchin and Kristen Gizema need to get the fuck out yeah. of the Democratic Party. Goodbye. So for those of you who don't know, don't care, simply don't remember, Joe Manchin is a Democratic senator from West Virginia. Last week, he announced on Fox News that, that he's he an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. He announced he was an asshole and also that he's going to vote against Jojo and Kiki's human infrastructure bill, which is a transformative piece of legislation that would make the most significant investment into America's caregiving industries in over 50 years. The shit would provide universal free preschool for every kid in America, a $300 a month tax credit for each child in a household, and make a huge investment to improve the wages and working conditions for elder care and home health care workers, which are jobs predominantly held by immigrant women of color. It basically pays for itself, and even if it didn't, who gives a fuck? But of course, Joe Manchin is acting like he can't vote for it because it's too expensive. Yeah, not to mention the fact that last month he literally promised Joe Biden in writing that if the Democrats in the House of Representatives passed the stupid bipartisan infrastructure <laughs> bill, that he would vote yes on the human infrastructure bill. He promised all of Congress, meow meow. Yeah. He promised. He, he literally like swore on a sack of Bibles. <laughs> The Democrats in the Senate literally rewrote the original infrastructure bill, which was these those two bills combined, the physical infrastructure and the human infrastructure, and they separated it into two bills for Joe fucking Manchin. Yep. That's the reason they rewrote. He's the reason they rewrote the bill. Yep. And then when the bipartisan infrastructure bill that he basically wrote came up for a vote in the House last month, the Democratic caucus wanted to not vote on it. We talked about it here. Yes. They tried to hold up the vote. And they wanted to hold it and not pass it until Joe Manchin voted yes on the human infrastructure bill. The Democratic Party and JoJo and Nance Pelosi knew that sitting on the physical infrastructure bill was a tactical error. You can't use money that Congress has passed to repair broken bridges as leverage for elder care workers. You can't. You just can't. The country is falling apart. And when something can pass Congress, it needs to pass and get going through the pipeline. Yeah. So I, they weren't wrong. No, I don't. Think. I, I agree. I don't think they were wrong. But turns out, sweetie, the Democratic caucus wasn't wrong either. They... You better not. I'm mad about Joe Manchin. <laughs> they didn't want to pass the physical infrastructure bill because they didn't believe Joe Manchin would really vote to pass the human infrastructure bill when it was finally finished and ready for a vote. Eventually, Nance Pelosi and Joe Joe Biden were able to convince most of the Democratic caucus to vote for the physical infrastructure, which was why it passed. It couldn't have passed without them. But six Democrats in the House of Representatives held out because they didn't trust that Joe Manchin would keep his lying, shitty fucking word. And those people are Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez from New York, Ayanna Presley from Massachusetts, Rashida Tlaib of Michigan, Ilhan Omar of Minnesota, Cori Bush from Missouri, and Jamal Bowman of New York. And they were right. Joe Manchin is a lying piece of shit. Yeah, and at the time last month, we criticized them for not compromising, and we stand by that. Better Joe Manchin be the reason that struggling families don't get help with childcare, then the squad be the reason for a bunch of people dying when some decrepit tunnel collapses. Yeah, right. And regardless, 
we were always going to end up here whether they pass the physical infrastructure bill or not. Joe Mandouche was never going to vote yes on the human infrastructure bill. Never. He just never was going to ever. No, he clearly has uh, a promise he needs to keep to whoever's paying him. That's right. And um, he is Captain Cockblock to the Democratic agenda. That's it. His co-captain is Kirsten Cinema, who is a Democratic senator from Arizona. Although they are both Democrats, they have worked together to effectively stymie JoJo and Kiki's vision for the future of this country. Their cock blocking is so pointed and so obvious and so unbelievable, it almost seems like they are working for the Republican Party. Mm. And even saying that out loud feels foolish, but and yet it feels so right. It's clearly the plot of a bad TV show on NBC or even a good TV show. It's not something that could really happen, but yet. Yeah, well, Kristen Jisma voted against raising the minimum wage. Oh, in a in a prancing, a spectacle of the ages. She's a Democrat who literally, this is true. I'm not even using literally figuratively here. Okay. She literally ran for office in Arizona campaigning on raising minimum wage. Yes. And now that she's a senator, she's against it. Mm. They're both clearly working for someone, mm. and that someone isn't a Democrat. No. So whoever's paying them is definitely in the Republican party. So yeah, they're working for the Republican party. They are, they are. And it, they just, they are. And fucking Bernie Sanders has been on every news show talking about Joe Manchin being in the pocket of special, special interests. Yeah. that those special interests are Republican yeah. interests. They are. <laughs> right. So, um, he's voted against every single move toward p- progress. Every single one, every single step of the way on the very first day Joe Biden was in office, literally again, literally the day of the fucking inauguration, Joe Manchin had a meeting with Mitch McConnell and agreed to keep the filibuster. Mm. He made an agreement with the Republican like majority leader in the Senate that he would keep the filibuster, which is basically a tool to stop anything from passing in Congress. A Democrat on the day that Joe Biden was made president walked into an office with a Republican and made a handshake agreement that he would keep vote to keep the filibuster. Like I, I, it's, it's, it's honestly, it's unbelievable to me. It just is. It's, it's so, why are we like this? Why are we like this? Just why are we like this? I don't know. He basically got in bed with Republicans and agreed to stop every single line item on the democratic agenda. It's not to be born. No, not to be born. It is not. And uh, it should be aborted immediately uh, while abortion is still legal. Um, that's the one abortion, you know, that we can we can get right now. Supposedly, this dick fuck is saying that the main thing he objects to is the child tax credit. He literally said the problem he has with it is that it will, quote, dramatically reshape our society, end quote. <laughs> no shit, fuckball. <laughs> you uh, that's the point. It's clear that he doesn't want poor women of any color to have help to get ahead. That is who benefits from the child tax credit. Women, period. Period. Oh, my God. Yep. And listen, no woman should be having babies into this chaotic catastrophe. I mean, just based on the climate alone, especially not poor, disadvantaged women. But we know it's instinctual. Okay, bitches can't help that shit. (laughs) They can't. It's natural selection. Uh And we love our DGP babies yeah. so much. Whenever I think about that $300 child tax credit, yeah. I just think about all our little babies. All our babies. <laughs> yeah. And their moms who yeah. listen to this podcast uh-huh. and how much that money will help them. Even if th- there are people that don't necessarily, quote unquote, need the money. Yeah. Whether you need it or not, money brings advantages. And we want all the women in this country to have more advantages. Yeah. But that said, they really should remove that tax credit from the bill if that's what it takes to get Joe Mandouche to vote yes. Absolutely. And then put it back another day. 
Okay, now we get to hang out with one of our favorite comedians in the ladies' room. Right, this is our segment called the ladies room and it's just ladies talking lady stuff why because talking lady stuff is fun ladies are funny and forever 21 is almost over and the patriarchy is fucking with all our lady rights beyond which is why we are so excited for our guest today not only is she a hilarious producer writer and stand-up comedian she is the co-creator of The Daily Show and Air America, which means that she is directly responsible for Rachel Maddow's 900-hour-long stories haunting the airwaves of MSNBC and many, many other important strides in modern herstory. Oh, women, that's right. So without further ado, it's time for a meeting in the ladies' room with the legendary, the iconic, the feminist buzz maker and abortion rights activist, Liz Winstead. Hello, hello, <laughs> friends. Mm-hmm. Hey, sexy. Were you just finger banging the night away, or what? I mean, is that a question, or is that like, duh? I mean, like, I, that's like, what a question. Of course, always, never stop. I'm holding the phone with one hand and enjoying myself with the other, and oh. not even losing a breath while I'm talking. I've had six <laughs> orgasms just. <laughs> So far while we've been talking and I'm keeping them silent because oh. I like to. Oh, yeah, I'm good. Oh. I'm really a good. silent orgasm. A silent orgasm. Well, you know, we all have to get on planes eventually. So you got to keep up that. Uh, you got to keep that up. You got to keep your skills up mm-hmm. in quarantine. OK, so before we get down to our shit talking, tell yeah. our tell our 14 listeners, you have this amazing career. Mm-hmm. You're you you really are. You're an icon. And, and so many people and we look up to you, not just your finger banging skills, <laughs> your hair. I mean, you're you're sexy. We love you. How have you landed here to be the the rabble rouser, the reproductive rights influencer? Like, how did you get here? Um, you know, I've always been uh, somebody who in my comedy, I like to talk about things that were uh, not being addressed a lot of times. And honestly, y'all know this, when you're a woman or just a person who is not centered in conversations, if you decide you have an opinion, it's a radical act. Like taking the stage and saying, um, I have things to say and they matter, um, is shocks people. So I, for a while, just the act of taking a stage was enough. And then when people were just like, shitting on me because I had an opinion I decided to really bring my opinions to light and the one of the things that was profoundly important to me and through my work at the Daily Show and even Air America you know when when dudes are running the show um they always would say you can talk about whatever you want and it was like great abortion and then I was like, oh, but is that, does everybody want to hear about that? And I was like, um, they should because it's a human right. It's like, oh, are men going to want to hear about it? I'm like, I have lived my entire life enjoying and laughing at cock humor. I don't have one. It's not my experience, but people have made it funny for me. Mm-hmm. So if I can in turn bring a new experience to people, if I do it well, 
maybe they in turn would enjoy something that they'd never heard about either that wasn't their own experience. And it was like, oh, no. So um, I was like, well, then I'm just going to start kind of making my own work. And so after I left Air America, I got asked to do a book. And I, I'm from Minnesota, and I live part of the time in Minneapolis. And I drove back with my two dogs and was writing my book. And then that's right when maybe maybe everybody remembers Wendy Davis in Texas filibustering in her sneakers, oh, the sneakers. because the, the Texas abortion <laughs> shit was going on back then. And um, it was so awful. And I was reading up on it. And one thing I don't think anybody ever knew was that 26 other states proposed the same trash laws that Texas did. And nobody was talking about those states. So I went on a comedy tour to raise money and awareness for all these clinics all over the country. I drove around in a van with my dogs and I would call up clinics and I'm like, hey, my name's Liz. I'm driving around the country in a van with my dogs. I want to raise some money. They're like, yeah, let's call the authorities. We don't need that. And I went to go visit clinics as part of what I did. And the and the stark reality, y'all, is that every clinic I went to, um, either the doctor or the receptionist or somebody would say, no one ever visits us. So thank you. Like, we feel really isolated. And it just broke my heart. And so I was enjoying doing this work. I was still performing, but I was also, like, bringing aid and comfort to these people who are saving people's lives so I went back to New York and I gathered a bunch of comics and producers and graphic designers I knew and it was like you bitches have all had abortions um we need to give back we can't check out um I want to kind of start an organization that's part sort of USO for these clinics and then part Habitats for Humanity because they need TLC on a bunch of levels so started a nonprofit where we travel around the country and we do shows and it's comedy and music. And then we have conversations with the people who provide the care uh, and the activists that are regional and local. And then our audience hears about how, what's going on in their state and how they can fight back and be helpful. And they sign up right in the room. And then we grow the activist bases locally. And then we go in and help the clinics if they need stuff. Because a lot of folks don't get that if you provide care in Oklahoma or Missouri or Ohio, um, if you live in a hostile environment, you can't get someone to mow your lawn or do landscaping or you do your plumbing or paint your facility because you provide abortion. And so they tell us all the stuff they need. We do as much as we can. And then we tell our audience what the folks need. And then they also get um, help from the community and people signing up to participate in just like being part of their lives. And it's really great. I'm so turned on. Wow. <laughs> are much, yeah. Really quick, are most of the uh, people who are performing abortions in hostile environments, are they mainly women? Are the doctors mainly women or, or are there men too? Um, there, It's a both. Uh, it's both men. It's both women. Um, but also the median age of a doctor that provides abortion is 68. <gasps> Whoa. That what? is because, yeah, yes. And that is like. I, I have so many not fun facts that I will drop um, on your pod. Like I'm like, wow. sort of, I am a feminist buzzkill for real. Yeah. So <laughs> um, the, the trend, the trend of medical schools not teaching the procedure. When you talk to med students that were polled, seventy percent of them who are studying OBGYN care 
said they didn't get sufficient training on abortion, um, which means they're not getting sufficient training on miscarriage management. Mm. 90% of physicians who are just doing um, general practicing medical training said they didn't get any training at all. And and many med schools um, are trying to ban it. So a lot of places are physicians are, are training folks. And also, if you don't know anything about abortion, let me tell you something yes. that early abortions are the easiest and safest medical procedure you can have. Let me say that again. Early abortions are the safest medical procedure you can have. So what does that mean? Like within, what does early mean? Before 12 weeks. If you're up to 12 weeks, it means that your abortion takes five minutes if you do it in clinic. You can also, um, there's medication abortion that has come from France in the 90s that finally made it here in the year 2000, where it's a two-pill regimen that um, you can take one pill and then you take a second pill and then you basically just go home and um, wait for your body to expel your pregnancy like a heavy period. But, of course, our country's so trash and never wants us to be great that they um, put all these regulations on this abortion pill for no reason. But just on December, let's call it 17th, the FDA lifted the restrictions saying that now um, a licensed medical person so an lpn or an rn or a physician's assistant can now um disperse the medication abortion you no longer have to go to a doctor's clinic to get it you can get it through telemedicine Mm. you can get it from a pharmacy or you can get it mailed to you so it's really cool that we've lifted these restrictions the bad news is every state that's hostile to abortion has just said too bad we're not going to do that here so um we're gonna have to find some workarounds for people to access medication abortion in this hostile time uh, I've, I love what you're saying because I feel like it speaks to a lot of people who don't understand why abortion rights are important and why we should care about them. Because what you're saying is it's not just uh, about just going to get an abortion. It's trickling into fucking every part of women's health care. That's why it's about women's rights. Is that a correct thing to say? That it's You know what? Yes. And, th- and I love for people to, um, I love to ask people to just, think differently around it. And truth be told, the biggest decision that someone will make in their life is if and when they want to have kids, because it changes the whole course of who you are, what you do, how you live, choices and decisions you make. Having that forced upon you strips that person of their humanity, of their own self-determination, and of their God-given right to make any kind of decision they want and a path of what they want to do with the rest of their lives. That is why it's important. And we have to think of it in those terms and also asking dudes to really think hard about a relationship they've been in where their partner shouldered the cost of the birth control. Or if they, let's say somebody had, they had an unattended pregnancy and, and maybe they split the cost of the abortion and they both went on to do great things. Nine times out of 10, the dude in that relationship has gotten further in their career than the other person. Why? Just because we have sexism in our workplaces. So everyone benefits from birth control and abortion. So everyone should be fighting to make sure that it exists and is readily available to anybody who needs it. 
how would you debate or argue with or try and ration with someone who just digs their heels in about abortion being murder? It is just murder. It's the same as just shooting someone in the head. I mean, what I would say is someone's pregnancy is not your own and is not your business. And if people want to talk about um, God and how they feel about that, why don't you let me handle my relationship with God? Because the truth be told, science tells us how gestational life works. Life tells me that I, uh, I will not, um, anytime you give a fetus rights, you are taking rights away from the person who is pregnant. Let's be clear about that. Anytime you give a, something rights that's inside of someone else's body, you're taking rights away from that person. I don't know why anyone feels entitled to that. I don't know why you feel that um, your belief system gets to trump how medical science works. <laughs> and even I don't understand that when we see these rare cases where um, there's births um, that happen early in the second trimester of pregnancy, let's say at 22 weeks, um, the access to all of the medical intervention that happens around that is not available to everyone. Mm. And I don't see people, if people are, I don't see people fighting for the totality of healthy pregnancy outcomes. I have had so many conversations with people who will say, I work at one of these places where pregnant people come in and we convince them not to have an abortion and then we give them some diapers and, and then we <laughs> tell them where they can go sign up for Medicaid. And I'll say to them, do you vote to make sure that Medicaid is expanded? Do you vote to make sure that we have a minimum wage? Do you vote to make sure that there is um, readily available programs for low-income people to raise healthy families? Do you vote to make sure that um, if you're a black or a brown person who is having a, uh, a, a kid that uh, the neighborhood they live in has a healthy school or that their water system is not full of lead or that the police aren't going to kill their children? Because if you're not fighting for the totality of a healthy child once they are living outside of the womb, then your hypocrisy around saying that you care about life is glaring. And don't get me started on why your fucking yoga loving bullshit soft cue ass isn't vaccinated. Like I don't even <laughs> want to hear about you. I saw some bitch outside of a clinic holding a sign that said, I will not mask my unborn child. And I'm like, ma'am, you're wearing pants. So why don't you take all the seats, several seats? Oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm honestly not to like belittle the issue, but I'm so, I don't understand why I'm, I'm literally aroused by you saying gestational <laughs> rights. Why are we so into it? Like, uh, I just, as women, it's like, I don't like, I could talk about abortion till the oh, fucking end of time. Yes. I'm so into it. Yeah. Because it's strange. I think I, I feel like what's with, with Liz, with what you're saying, it's like you're reverberating back a rational, a rational articulation of our, just our fucking humanity and of our yes. life's blood. I'm a fucking bull dagger dog yeah. dyke, okay? Like I walk around looking like a full man and I'm never going to need or want an abortion. But I feel 
like I I can't explain what it is about abortion that I feel so like fucking connected to. I'm obsessed <laughs> with it. But I think the truth be told is all of our humanity is inextricably linked. How you want to live your life and what constitutional rights have been granted to you. That, you know, when we talk about the 14th Amendment and, and like who was talking about the 14th Amendment, <laughs> but when that gives you your whole totality of your humanity to live as, you know, in, in the fullest extent of being an American, that means your queerness, your dykiness, your ability to have, if you want to have kids or not, all of that shit is tied together. Who you want to marry, how you want to love, all of that stuff is tied together. And you know what? It's all about power. And they don't care. If they cared anything about babies, they would be um, advocating for all of these programs. But they don't. They don't care. They don't care about babies. Right. And the truth be told, like, also don't find yourself getting in an ex inexplicable argument with somebody whose heels are dug in. It's not your circus. It's not your monkey. You know, just say to somebody, you and I have a very different starting point of when of when um actually life and humanity should start being honored and who gets to have that right someone's pregnancy they decide the value of that pregnancy that's a <sighs> radical notion for people yeah. if you're pregnant and you don't want to be that pregnancy doesn't have value to you you would like to not be pregnant anymore so you might seek an abortion somebody who has a wanted pregnancy and finds themselves in a situation where um tragedy befalls that that pregnancy that is a very different experience but let the pregnant person dictate what that pregnancy is and i'm i i the only dog i have in a fight is if somebody needs to have an abortion and wants one i would like to work very hard to make sure they get that abortion their reasons are not anything to me mm -hmm. and i have people constantly screaming at me on the internet how many abortions have you had i'm like i don't know i don't save receipts it's really <laughs> none of your business um tell us what's happening with the right now like with the supreme court because we haven't we oh. we're, we're dancing around it on the podcast we haven't really addressed it we're we're trying mm -hmm. to shut down so tell us exactly what's going on we know they're ruining the world so they're ruining the world for sure um so what's happening is twofold we have Texas and we have Mississippi. So um, Texas is right now, as, as, as your listeners probably know, has in place an unconstitutional law that's unconstitutional on two fronts. One, it has a six-week gestational ban on abortion. For those who are not in the abortion weeds, in 1973, Roe v. Wade gave us the constitutional right to an abortion up to 24 weeks of gestational age. Um, and that should, that's the, that is the precedent and that has been um, the law of the land for all this time. So for the Supreme Court to hold, uphold a law that says it's fine that people can't get abortions um, after six weeks is inexplicable and wholly unconstitutional. Also, there is a second piece of that law that says that um, anybody who feels that um, they are aggrieved by somebody who may be seeking an abortion in Texas after that six-week period, uh, they can literally hunt down anyone helping that person mm. get an abortion and then sue them. And I'm talking about anyone on the planet can sue anybody that they think might be helping somebody get an abortion in Texas. And um, if they sue them, 
and they lose because they're just a dick who wanted to like torture somebody. The person who was the victim of that does not get restitution for their um, lawsuit. Wow. So what, yeah. So what that has done, and then the Supreme Court upheld that. And so what they, by deputizing citizens, what they've done is taken the, um, taken the lawsuit out of the hands of the government. So nobody can figure out who exactly you would sue if nobody brings a lawsuit, right? So it's a chicken and egg situation. So what's happened is the looming lawsuit um, by anybody who would feel like doing it, um, it's, they've just stopped providing care. Basically they're doing 20% of the procedures um, doctors and anybody who helps facilitate abortion care, you know, people who fund help funders who help low income folks get abortions, people who drive them, everyone's terrified to do it. So now they've opened up it so that anybody around the country can now start these bounty hunting um, sort of laws in every state. Alabama's already started Ohio people, Florida, people are proposing. And so people are just in a constant state of fear that they're going to be sued for what they do. And that's not just doctors. That's somebody who just like is the receptionist at a clinic, somebody who is, a uh, you know, a tech. Yeah. You know, but, um, you know, if you're providing, so people are just in a constant terror state, people who just, if you want to get an idea of like, this is just one state, this is just Texas, right? So if you, to, to Oklahoma, which is above Texas, um, four-week waiting time to get an abortion because of the onslaught. Um, Louisiana, six weeks. Maine. People are traveling as far as Maine because they have to find a state where there's appointments, and that's just one state. Um, Susan the other Collins really- is there doing abortions. <laughs> Susan Collins hair. is there saying, I think Brett Kavanaugh really is great. He's Brett not Kavanaugh. Go Brett Kavanaugh is really pro-choice. That's Susan Collins. You know what? She's really like, She's like, I'm, you know what? I feel really concerned about stuff, um, but I'm just going to vote in shitty ways anyway, but I'm going to act like I'm just really not like, oh, we that. can't with her. We can't. I can't even with her don't even, We also, can't even yeah. spit it out, Susan. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> seven and a half years to just spit fucking out, order. Susan. I'm writing Never it down. Never go to a restaurant with her. Oh my God. You've grown a beard by the time you get your food. Um, <laughs> it's too much. What do you so think? That's, oh, just, sorry. that's just Texas, y'all. So, the case that they just heard, Mississippi, uh, a 15-week abortion ban, which would, um, if they rule that a 15-week abortion ban is going to remain constitutional, then Roe v. Wade is overturned. Twelve Ugh. states will, in 30 days after that decision comes down, ban all abortions in their states. Twelve other states have laws on the books that will all but finish abortion. So half of the nation will be without abortion providers and we will be in a crisis that we are wholly unprepared for. And that is um, where we are at in a nutshell. So it's time that if folks are really concerned, um, they really need to connect with organizations like mine, Abortion Access Front, um, who are doing work on the ground. You know, we are positioning ourselves and I say this with utter humility um, to the to the ACT UP people, but we are positioning ourselves to be the ACT UP of this movement because we don't have one, and we need so to true. bring the um, we need to bring the brevity and the and the just crisis that we're in to people because it's now's the time where we can't just be pro-choice and we can't just mm-hmm. be outraged. We literally have to say to our state legislators and to every politician. You will not have a job 
if you do not protect abortion rights, then we have to mean it and we have to vote that way. And we also like we create all kinds of actions, large and small, that you can do no matter your abilities. Right. We have a postcard writing program to clinics so that you can make sure that they are feeling the love. We have an adopt a clinic program that's going on right now where so many clinics are in need of like aftercare packages for patients, heating pad covers. Um, the staff just needs self-care meals, um, Starbucks gift cards, you know, things that can just help folks stay in the fight and help patients in ways that they can't. And so if you go to aafront.org slash resources, um, there's a list of clinics and they, they have their needs wish list and you can get together with friends and decide you want to adopt this, these clinics and just help them with um, the stuff that they need because that's where we're at right now is doing mutual aid and community givebacks because if our providers aren't cared for and don't feel love and feel isolated, um, it's going to be hard to sustain the work. We're going to put the mm. name of aafront.org mm-hmm. in the in the description below of the podcast because I'm so into yeah. like an actual thing that somebody wants to contribute like mm-hmm. fuck I'm sorry I'm sorry Susan G. Komen we are here for your <laughs> breast cancer I'm into like a direct helping yes. we're just sending our money into the ether people really do they want to contribute and they want to contribute directly to something mm-hmm. like straight yes, Starbucks and- gift card bitch I'm into yeah, it yeah yeah it's so great too and I'll tell you that like and it's in the and people are like well why can't I just donate directly because A, they get hate mail and they get a bunch of shit and they also need their needs curated. Somebody needs to be a middleman to keep them safe and buffered and also to find out what they want. You know, it's like, it's like, why can't you just decide what you're going to bring to a dinner party? Because you don't want 97 desserts and nobody brings a fucking mail. Like, it's just, that's the point. You just need to curate this shit. It's not hard, you know, and also too, there's. I just want, we wanted to make sure that if you were somebody that didn't have a lot of money um, and maybe you could give of your time or just do something small, that you were able to do that. Because so often it's like with these big organizations, and let's be clear, like independent providers, I I like to stress, people talk about Planned Parenthood as though there's some blanket monolith. Planned Parenthood gets all the press. They get all the money. Mm. People know them. Their work is great. They give great care, Mm -hmm. but we need to be thinking about these small independent clinics that do the lion's share of the abortion work. They're community clinics that nobody knows about. And and so um, if you want to learn about independent clinics as a whole, you can go to the Abortion Care Network, which is a um, uh, sort of um, the I guess the better way, the easy way of putting is there's sort of a trade organization for these small, small independent clinics. You know, Planned Parenthood is the Federation of America and you know them, they're a brand name. But like, look to see where you live and what clinic is in your area if you wanted to help. Because a lot of times it's not a Planned Parenthood, it might be a small clinic doing work. And if you only have limited funds, you want to give to your com- local community. So just make sure you're doing that, too. And we can help you with those resources, too. Liz, thank you so much for doing oh. our stupid podcast. You really elevated You guys, it was it. so fun. Thank you for having me and letting me talk about abortion, the thing I love talking about most in the whole oh, world. Oh, Tell our 14 there. listeners where they can find you and obsess on you on social media. <laughs> Oh, you can find, I will pollute your feed. <laughs> I am at Liz Winstead, pretentiously spelling my name with two Z's. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, aafront.org is the website. Follow Abortion uh, Access Front because we are a great news hub. It's at Abortion Front on all the socials. And we have a weekly 
um, YouTube show that breaks down all of the garbage news that's <laughs> happening in abortion. And then we have all the experts on and we mm. give you calls to action what to do. So it's really fun. And it's sort of like what we like to say about our show is we're the, we're the talk show that never has to do a nationwide search for Megan McCain to replace her. <laughs> so we feel really good about that. Um, yeah, it's an edgy, fun, funny mm. talk show that helps you learn just about what's at stake and what you can do to help. And so that's on every Thursday, 4 p.m. on the Abortion Access Front YouTube. Okay. Sweet. Thank you so it. much. Thanks. You guys have a great Saturday. Okay, bye. <laughs> Now it's time for So There's That. All right, so this is the part of the show where Julie has to find a So There's That moment that's happening because of or in spite of the diarrhea toilet Republicans, the domestic terrorist QAnon cunts, the calculated corporate climate killers, and the vindictive virtue signaling liberal losers. (laughs) We are all somewhere on that spectrum fighting for our team to win the race of rights in America. And even though every week brings us closer and closer to a civil war, and even though the Supreme Court is allowing redneck states to take away women's hard-won medical rights we always have julie's so there's that stories to give us hope that maybe just maybe we won't have to go to war against our cousins and my weird neighbors chuck and gary (laughs) did you find anything that will give us hope in these dark omicron times mama well (laughs) (laughs) so there's that (laughs) so there's that got rid of that Well, and now try making it in the trash, trash can and let's see how do you 22 is going to be. Mm. <laughs> well, it's on, bitch. It's fucking on. Well, we've had quite a few fucking fucked up motherfucking weeks. OK, I mean, 2021 was like, I'm not going out without a fight. So get ready to eat some shit, bitches. And we did. We Believe me, we did. Casseroles. Of shit. I we have eaten so much shit. I can say for me personally, I have I'm I'm fat on shit. I am fat on eating fucking shit. So it's just like then 2021 was like, that's not enough. I'm going to go fuck everyone. I'm just going to fuck everyone up some more. Let me just fuck it up. I'm going to give you another variant. I'm going to kill off a bunch of people, except I'm going to keep Joe Manchin, Kirsten Cinema, yeah. Mitch McConnell, Kyle Rittenhouse, Michael Flynn, Donald Trump, Kaylee McEnany, and Candace Owens. We're going to keep them alive to really just stick it to humanity and stick it. They did. And a handful of people we hate in real life too. Oh, oh yeah. Some <laughs> unnameables yeah. who can't, who are still alive. I am so sick of this year, but more than being sick of this year, I'm so sick of people shitting on and coming for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Okay. The only people you should be coming for are Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema and the GOP. You're barking up the wrong motherfucking tree. You want to say you're disappointed with the fact that the Democrats are keeping the filibuster? Fine. Fine. But to say he isn't doing a good job or isn't trying or isn't working 24-7 along with our queen Kamala Harris, you are tripping. Okay? It's your bag. <laughs> But Democrats and Republicans are the same. They're the same. No. In fact, they're not. So listen up. Imagine you're standing in front of two houses. Okay. 
One may be riddled with fucking diversity signs and virtue signaling and no hate and all genders and the rainbow flag, which has now created more rainbows to its flag. And the flag has so many <laughs> rainbows, you don't even know where the fuck to begin. So fine. And there's flags of RBG and stay out of my womb and women's rights are human rights and go vegan and equality and pay for my student debt and give me money. I'm poor. And you're like, ugh, ugh, I can't stand them. I'm going to have to deal with some real insufferable self-righteous twats at this party in this house. But fuck it. I'll be safe at least. I know that. I know that. And I know that everyone's hero complex is coming from a place of well-intentioned narcissistic altruism. I made that up. On the other hand, right next door, the house right next door is also having a party. And on the front lawn, it's riddled with beer cans, which could be fun. But upon closer inspection, they have a bunch of signs too. Trump, the big steal, make America great again, abortion is murder, critical race theory is racist against white people, ladies drink for free, guns allowed inside, keep your hands off my guns, abortion is murder, one man, one woman, no one's going to take our freedom, fuck the vaccine, small government until there's a tornado, and then we'll take all the government's money, and they all have, there's flags too, American flags, Confederate flags, don't tread on me flags, and all the other small dick flags you can think of. And this is what astounds me about people who remain conservative or Republican. Sure, the diversity house is annoying, but when you go inside, no one's trying to take anything away from you. Accept your sense of humor, and that's on you. I won't be bullied into submission, so I can, I'm going to go to that party and enjoy my fucking self. And when you go to the house of the other party, they lie and pretend and tell you the other house is trying to take away their guns, when guess what? The other house has a lot of guns! They just don't advertise it because they want everyone to feel safe at the party. If you look at those two houses and decide that the date rape, regular rape, gun, women hating, white men exulting, small dick fear house is for you because you find the diversity house so annoying, you need to really dig deep because the annoying house isn't the issue. It's you. And just like the people of both parties who want to shit on Joe Biden, I say to you, remember what fucking party you're at and while you're in someone's house drinking their booze eating their food telling them what a beautiful house they live in meanwhile you're out in the street talking shit about them and it's not a good look at all everyone wants to focus on the shit joe biden can't get done when it's not even his fault he can't get fucking done Sure, I'd like to tell him to tell Joe Manchin to go choke on a horse dick and die in a ditch and remove the filibuster and push Mitch McConnell down a flight of stairs, a la showgirls, but he's the president. He's not a fucking loser podcaster who can't imagine and conjure up all kinds of theatrical daydreams. He has to live in fucking reality. You're obsessed with showgirls. <laughs> <laughs> I am obsessed with showgirls. Are you erect? I'm erect. I don't, I, it's, it's a horrifying movie. It's, a, it's, it's in fact a horror movie. So today is dedicated to Joe Biden. Let's go, Brandon. You know what? To the let's go, Brandon people, go fuck yourself and the Brandon you wrote in on. You remind me of that twat who made up OK Boomer, and I can't fucking stand that OK Boomer fucking bitch. She puts me into a fucking rage. Yeah, that stupid bitch that writes for fucking the New York Times. <laughs> fuck Taylor or whatever. Her, her name might be Taylor What an Lorenz. asshole. That rotted asshole. <laughs> I am, and excuse me, I am in a rage. Last week, without fanfare or Fox News letting everyone know, which you'd think they'd be thrilled about this since they hate China so much, even though we know that's a lie. They love China and whatever backdoor deal they have going on. But basically, Biden signed the Uyghur Forced Labor Prevention Act. And you say to yourself, what the fuck is that? 
We've heard the name Uyghurs bandied about from time to time, show to show. And, and I'm our, not going to say it's not a completely annoying name. It is an annoying name. Uyghur. Uyghur. I, what is it? I don't know. I and mean, our gal, Megan McCain, has passionately taken up the Uyghur mantle for a minute. But call us, girl. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> the basic gist is this. In northwest China, there's a region called Xinjiang. If I'm pronouncing it wrong, let me know. I'm doing my best. It's don't actually scratch that. We don't need your notes, babe. We do not need your notes, babe. So it's a very large region, which has been up until a few years ago, mainly inhabited by China's biggest minority called the Uyghurs. Now, I didn't even know China had minorities. OK, that's how I, I, I'm just being honest. I'm admitting you it. You thought it was like all Chinese people. Yeah. Or yeah, I did. So uh, but apparently China does have a bunch of minorities. The Uyghurs are basically Muslim and like see themselves as East Asian kind of Turkish, you know, living in that area, doing their thing. Like they're kind of like the 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 Caucasus people in Russia. Many of them, in fact, came from Kazakhstan or other stands or Turkey. And they're giving you like a Turkish, Russian, Asian mountain blowout sort of vibe. That's like a Sophie's choice right there. Like, (laughs) where am I going to go? Russia or China? Yeah, that's, that's right. Now, the Communist Party of China... Uh, however, hates everyone <laughs> but themselves and under everyone's noses have been systematically putting these people in concentration camps, murdering them, sterilizing the women and forcing them to make all our shit, including pick most of the world's cotton supply. And here's a gross statistic. Here's a gross statistic for you. Nine billion dollars in cotton were sold to America last year from this in this area where the Uyghurs are picking the cotton. Wow, that's disturbing because I buy a lot of cotton. I do too. And 10 billion in tomato products. I buy a lot of tomatoes and too. And isn't it weird that we get any produce from Very China? Weird. They get a ton from us. Exactly. It's fucking bizarre. Now, Xinjiang for many years enjoyed a sense of autonomy to China, though it wasn't strictly its own country. They just were sort of autonomous to China. They weren't their own country, but they China just sort of left them alone because they're so sort of out there. And like their own little province, let's say. But not cool like Tibet. No. Okay. So (laughs) until President Xi decided that he needed to eradicate uh, this Muslim community. And now we have a small wave Chinese Hitler now in our hands. I never realized that the Uyghurs were Muslim. Uh, uh, Yeah, they are. President Biden signed this bill. And in the bill, he's not going to support receiving goods from Xinjiang anymore. And the fact that this went unnoticed, of course, because people need to stay mad that their student debt isn't being paid off. And we have the Joe Manchin life ruiner constantly in our faces. These issues are real and need to be handled. But let's not close our eyes to the fact that this is a really good bill with real people's interests at heart. And though it's not the end all be all, it's a start. And all of those people who are so mad at Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, should maybe look in the mirror and ask yourself what you did fucking today. Besides criticizing someone who opened their home to you and invited you to the party sorry you didn't like the food and yet you sat there and ate it the chinese government is despicable and we are addicted to their cheap labor and exports because of reagan and the republicans Mm -hmm. the democrats once again have to chip away at the damage the corporate overlords have constructed and they continue to act like it's joe biden's fault we can't get enough pork products This is all just another symptom of the bigger issue of the fact that we have to start wrapping our heads around things becoming less available and more expensive, and we have to get into it. Unless you want a million people to be exterminated or forced to pick your stupid fucking cotton, wake up and let's change the narrative around the Biden administration as well. Unless you want another Trump in three years. Again, it's called the Uyghur Forced Labor Prevention Act. Get into it. 
So there's that. That's it for this episode of Dumb Gay Politics. Thank you guys for listening to our stupid podcast. We love and appreciate all 14 of you so much, especially now. If you're new here and you like us, but you'd rather not hear about politics, please consider checking out our Patreon podcast. We do two a week, every week. They're both an hour and we post them on Sundays. So you have all week to listen to them at your leisure. <laughs> yeah. And for those of you who thought our podcast was over during our 10-day unintentional Apple technical hiatus, like D.D. Fair, who left us a review on iTunes saying, is the podcast over since y'all's fight? Hope not. Well, D.D., you should join our Patreon podcast, where you'll never again have to miss an episode. Patreon is independent of Apple's gatekeeping, homophobic, unhelpful, corporate cocksucking algorithm. They are a dollar each, and when you sign up, you will immediately get access to our huge back catalog, which has hundreds of hours of stupid, stress-free, ad-free podcasts that you can go back and listen to like Sherry Lewis said. They really are timeless. If you're curious to see what it's like, you can listen to a free episode right now called Windows Up Sing Time. The link to the free episode is in the description below this podcast, or you can go to our website, julianbrandy.com, and there's a button on every page that says click to listen to our free Patreon episode. You can listen to the whole hour right there from your phone or computer. You don't have to download anything or sign up for anything. It's a super easy way to get to know Patreon and see that it's not a big deal. <laughs> it's not stressful. It's not as much as a fucking... A, a you know a Netflix subscription. It's not as much as a fucking serious subscription. No. It's cheaper and it's the business. And as always, it's been real <laughs> and it's been fun. But mostly, it's been gay and it's been dumb. And Liz Winstead, <sighs> abortion. Spit it out, Susan. <laughs> How'd you do, I? See you've met my faithful hand in hand. He's just a little broad dime because when you knocked, he thought you were the candy man. Don't get strung up by the way I look. Don't judge a book by its cover. I'm not much of a man by the light of day, but by night I'm one hell of a lover. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania <laughs> Let me show you a rhyme and maybe play you a sign You look like you're both pretty groovy Or if you want something visual that's not too abysmal We could take in an old Steve Reeves movie I'm glad we caught you at home. Could we use your phone? We're both in a bit of a hurry. Right. We'll just say where we are, then go back to the car. We don't want to be any worry. Well, you got caught with a flat wheel. How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, It'll all seem all right I'll get you a satanic mechanic I'm just a sweet 
transvestite from transsexual Transylvania <laughs> Why don't you stay for the night? Bite. Or maybe a bite. bite I could show you my favorite obsession I've been making a man With blonde hair and a tan And he's good for relieving my tension I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania <laughs> hey, hey, I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania So, come up to the lab and see what's on the slab. I see you shiver with anticipation. But maybe the rain is really to blame. So I'll remove the cause. <laughs> But not the symptom. 